Welcome to Everything In Between, the podcast where a dad and daughter duo delve deep into topics ranging from true crime to paranormal occurrences to urban legends and, well, everything in between. I'm Emma. I'm the dad. That's Anish. Um, and it's a Tuesday. Tuesday. And <laughs> we had this argument before we start recording, but I think this may just be a raw live. We're just going to no. edit it because I'm not going to have time to edit before we You'll get have it. time. You'll figure so it out. So you'll find out if we've edited it or not. Because uh, we'll see. Yeah. That wasn't even on the list. I, we talked about that as one of the first things we were going to talk about. Yeah, but we didn't put it on the list. You're the list writer. You're the list writer. I asked if there was anything else we should put on the list. And you were I like, I don't know. Already, I, said, I said there were five things on the list. I told I, you it was on the list. I said what to talk about earlier. I just thought you listened. I did listen. And no, then I forgot yeah. because I was writing down everything else. And okay. I just came from my presentation. Okay. So it's going to be fun. All right. Anyway, so our list of pre-episode topics this week <laughs> starts with, uh, we went up to Maine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was the a The second time we've gone up. So we, we, we've, and we don't leave, like we've yeah, said we said this before. Yeah, we just stay right in the house. We're, we're following all quarantine rules. We don't leave the premises. If we do, we like beat the children oh. if they get outside the the. That's the for fence. legal reasons. That's a joke. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> um, but it is it's been nice and uh th- because we just have space and wildlife oh yeah yes so thing number one you decided to power wash a whole bunch of things well we had a power wash because we had all these things under the deck and we had a grill that i refused to use because things had been living in there forever so <laughs> then i finally was like i'm power washing the crap out of it because we need to it's, if we're gonna be stuck in the house we're just gonna be barbecuing anything and everything so yeah Whatever it can be. So while you were cleaning out... It was the all, chairs, actually. Yeah, it was the it was chairs. Chair, yeah. You found a nest belonging to a pregnant mouse. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and so we tried to, like, give the mouse, like, some... some well, we didn't... We were taking away the nest because I had to clean the... So we ended up... We had this... You guys had it when you were a little kid. A nice little... Um, like, critter cage, box. Cage, right? Box. Cage, cage sounds inhumane. That's it's right. like a little little box with, like, mesh, and then you can put a bug in there and you can like feed it and then you release it after a little while it's just like you know a little educational learn more about bugs yeah no it was cool it was pretty cool so we ended yeah. up just taking the nest and we we, we didn't want to touch anything because we always whatever that virus is the henta or something like that whatever Hanta virus i don't remember it's definitely with rodents and things so yeah. like um, more like between that COVID and everything else what the hell but we ended up just sliding the the nest material into the box and then same thing. We got uh, the mom mouse to also go in, and then we put a piece of strawberry in, and we, you know, just kind of laid it un- in the shade. Yeah, like off to the side. Yeah, while we p- power washed so everything, so it wouldn't get eaten by the bird, right, or anything else. Um, but it really didn't. It didn't take a. It didn't even take a nibble of anything. Well, I th- we don't know if it took a nibble after we released it. That's true. Yeah, we took yeah. this. We we eventually released it, and we put the strawberry like outside of it so it would have room to get out yeah and then something ate, ate the strawberry yeah so and we tried it we put the, the that housing that your crit, crit, uh, your critter whatever you call it critter, the critter crate. Home, right, 
it, we put it in our rock wall so it had shade and everything else just in case it needed to come back because it would have the smell of the nest. Right. But we saw some chipmunks, actually. So many chipmunks. We put some seeds closer, out. Yeah. Um, and then before we left, we put a bunch of like leftover fruit and stuff outside. Yeah. Our, or, our way of composting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also we discovered a bird's nest like in the sort of ra- rafters of yeah. our deck. Yeah. Underneath. The, the yeah. upper bit um or beneath this anyway <laughs> there's a nest uh and we saw that there were four eggs in it yeah it your was mom so was cute. trying to figure out what kind of bird it was for the whole time we were up there yeah and i believe it's been confirmed it's a uh well you can sky a phoebe a phoebe yeah so it's i've never f- heard of that bird before. well there's four eggs um and at first when it was because it's like right out our back door so every time i'd open the door to go out she would, the, like, fly, she away, would fly yeah. away but by the end of the third or fourth day she stay she would stay and i think she was like all right we're not gonna bother her so i just try to walk the long way around yeah but yeah so i think we were reading it takes 14 days um before they hatch and then another 14 to i don't know maybe it's 21 before the birds will actually leave the nest mm-hmm. so i think we'll be up in a couple of weeks, so maybe we'll see or hear. I should say, yeah, hear. we'll probably hear them. Yeah, um, yeah, but that was cool. Exciting. Yeah. yeah, I and wish we could set up a camera for it. The but... bobcat. Remember? Oh, did I tell you? Did you? I saw it. Yeah, so I saw it that morning. So we have a pretty big bobcat. That's I don't know how territorial they are, but they're definitely on our hill. And this one, I mean, it's it's smaller than our willow, and willow's what? She's sixty five pounds, so, so it's probably it's a little bit bigger than like a regular house cat. No, it's bigger than that. So it's got to be 50 pounds, I think. I, I don't yeah. know. I, it was kind of far away when I saw it. But um, that was kind of cool. And so, yeah, so it's 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 been definitely... And there was sightings of a bear nearby. There's a, yeah, at least a 500-pound... Willow scared off some deer. <laughs> That's true. So lots of wildlife, yeah. which is fun. So it was good. It was just good to have a change of pace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, while we were in Maine, we, um, we started watching a couple things. Well, we started watching this show called Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, which is technically a kid's show, but my teacher recommended it to me a while back, and I finally, we finally got around to watching it, and it is so good. Thumbs up. So good. And season two is just about to come out, so yeah. for those who haven't get, who haven't seen it, if you binge, you're probably psyched. Because yeah, and it's two. only, it's like 10 episodes in the first yeah. season or something, yeah. right? It's so good. It's, it's just, like yeah. the animation, the storyline, the characters, oh my god. It is. It's, it's cool. really well done. It, and all the characters. I mean, it's got, it is the most, um, I don't know how to say it. It's welcoming of everything and all. Yeah. It's it's just so sweet. And the snakes in that one episode <laughs> were, oh my God, like watching it. Well, it's funny because when you, it's, kids may not get it, but as an adult, you're like, oh. Yeah. So it, like, it's made you know for kids, but not adult really. Stuff, like just really to adult. entertain the adults who are watching with kids. But us who are adults without kids watching it, we can like call out like oh my god it's just so good i absolutely recommend watching it kipo and the age of wonder beasts uh, netflix right netflix yep yeah um and then we also watched on netflix uh the lovebirds <laughs> which is a movie um that's i don't even know how to, it was it was it was a funny like uh kind of murder mystery type movie yeah and it's um I think, you know, I remember when we saw the trailer, we're like, oh, this is kind of funny. And then we were like, I hope all the funny parts aren't in the trailer. Right. And same thing. I think I, I read mixed reviews when we other. So 
it was good going in with kind of lower expectations, mm-hmm. but it's a fun, it's a fun movie. It's and fun. It's funny. The characters are just like, they have good chemistry they do, together. They do. Yeah. And I can't, the, the her name is, uh, is it? Issa Rae. Issa Rae. Yeah. yeah. And Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. Um, and they, it's, 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 it's interesting. Cause like, I mean, I know I, it's, it was kind of cool to see them as a couple from my perspective. I know you probably have seen more, but for me growing up, I it was rare to ever see. It was all white people. Well, yeah, and or you know, it it, it usually wasn't in a you know a Pakistani man and a, an African American woman. Like I, the, as right. a couple, and it would they would always be like that side couple that had like five minutes of screen time <laughs> in the whole movie. So to see that was kind of cool to watch. So yeah, I, I I I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, really well done. I would recommend we actually the other thing is we haven't watched it yet but we were talking about other movies so i bought manhunter because it's yeah. a prequel to sansa lambs and prequel before anthony hopkins was even in the world it was it's from the 80s so it's based on red dragon so that's the other thing that we're going to try to watch so hopefully we'll talk about it um because i know you're uh well if we get it this week or whatever well, I, I just want to get your impression because it's just such an 80s. Yeah, you showed me like the beginning That's sequence right. <laughs> and so, it was very 80s. It's Michael Mann, very. so it's very Miami Vice, <laughs> 80s pastel. It's it's, But it's a it's a great um, rendition of the mo- of the book, I would say. I, I, I liked Red Dragon too, but this was my, I mean, it was my first, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very fun. We made lots of food in Maine as well. Uh, I baked some cookies, except I <laughs> measured out the dough kind of wrong. So they ended up like all melding together in the oven. And then we had well, square a, cookies. Yeah, it, Well, you measured, yeah, the, the actual... I had more dough than I had tray. Right. Well, you just, <laughs> yeah. But we had other trays. Could have. I didn't trays. feel like doing that. Okay, so that's fine. All right, we'll just leave it at that. Anyway, well, you know what? Square cookies taste just as good as round cookies. So really, I think this is a win. Okay. So anyway, they were really good. They are. They are good. Yeah. They were just regular chocolate chip cookies from from all recipes. So, But from scratch. I mean, you made yes. it from scratch. Yeah. I don't do any of that boxed mix. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that was fun. And then you made me a shepherd's pie, which is one of my favorite meals ever. And it was so good. And I had like two and a half servings. It was good. I still think we have to do the mashed potatoes weren't. The, the, the... I liked how when we got them at Rira, um, in in DC, they like whipped the mashed potatoes, That's, and that was the issue because we didn't add a lot of stuff to it. And I think, but we'll, we'll we yeah, I, but we I, can make it again multiple times, enough. many many times. Fair enough. I intend to eat it a lot. Well, you're gonna make the next one because you need to learn how to make it since it's your favorite yeah. meal. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. when we got back from Maine. We were treated. Oh my god, that was unbelievable! By the site, like our whole driveway was like chalked up with like congratulations messages, and it even it even said everything in between. It had dad and daughter pod. It had Goblin Hill, our famous story, um, and it was very sweet. Now you gotta give a shout out. So it was to Nick, Christy, and Steph. Yes. Um, they, uh, you guys, outdid yourselves. It's it was awesome. It, I mean. Your face was phenomenal. Yeah, I could and, not stop smiling. And your mom too. Like, so I think it was just. Uh, I I don't I know I, I'm speechless because it's just you know, it's just good friends doing good things and and you know at this time you kind of need it and I think uh, 
it, it went a long way. So we thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. amazing to see. Yeah, uh, yeah and I'm yeah. very excited. And I think we might have a photo shoot with it later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's um, cool. But yeah, thank you again, you guys. Um, and then I don't know which bullet point I should go for next. I'll go for my script. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, the reason we're recording uh, late on a Tuesday is uh, I finished writing my uh, independent study script for for school. So I watched, like I read a whole wrote. Oh my god, I wrote a whole movie length screenplay, um, and then today I had to like present it uh, to my teacher and everything. Uh, so I not just a teacher, you had to you yeah, had to present a it to the to the. Uh independent study body to approve your project and yes. everything like finished that you're completed so i mean it's a big milestone i mean everything like finishing a writing a script finishing a script all the drafts you did all those i mean i think I, it's amazing and you should be so proud i am i know your mom i mean i just again i'm not trying to get all mushy here but <laughs> i just want to say that i am it's phenomenal it's i, I you know <laughs> I, I i yeah, yeah. thank you father that's probably the first time you've ever been positive with me on the podcast. Yeah, well, you know, I have high expectations. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it was a lot of fun and I'm very proud of it. And who knows? Maybe it'll go further into Again, the movie yeah. world. There's no reason why it can't. So, yeah. Anyway, that was, that was just that. Well, I um, mean, there's there a follow up because you, you, you're talking at before all the, the, you know, the quarantine lockdown, you were going to do a table read. Mm -hmm. And the question now is they really, I mean, that was, they really want you to do that. So yeah. I know you're talking about figuring out how to do one through zoom. So, um, basically if folks are interested, I think DM the DM pod, because again, us. it can be virtual. And, you know, I know, uh, well, you have already a set of people that have already uh, committed and volunteered, but if some people fall out or whatever, or fall yeah. through, it's always interesting to see. So if people are interested, um, you know, hey, I think it'd be kind of cool. We can do a slight recording of it too and post it later as well, or take pics or whatever like that. Yeah. But, so, uh, contact yeah, if you're us interested, if interested. Yeah, email or or DM us on Insta. Yes. All right. Also, uh, before we move on to the stories, uh, I'd like to shout out Jackie again <laughs> um, because she texted me the other day saying that first of all, she was she sent me a Snapchat. She was wearing her podcast shirt, <laughs> uh, you know, wrapping us. Um, but she said that if we make podcast hoodies, then she will be throwing her money at us. <laughs> so what I think we should try to do is, because uh, she's not the only one, a couple of people had, had brought this up. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll work on some designs. In, I mean, we'll work on designs. Yes, and I had a couple ideas. And then... Um, Maybe we'll just make a store where people can just. We won't. It's not. We won't. It's not about making any money. We'll just right. at cost, mm -hmm. so that it's easier for people to get to, that they can just get it. Um, but uh, yeah, let's work on that. Let's try to figure out how to get that through. And now that you're almost done, you'll have time to yes. to, to to get this thing going. Yeah. So keep an eye out for a possible merch store. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we have to do it. Um, and we're doing, I'm not, and I'm, and we're going to do it right. So we're going to have the male version female. I hate that you get like, I'm, I know you can get the baggy one if you want, but I always feel like you should be getting, like when we used to do our shirts back in the day or all the other, like my, the tech stars we had, we made specific that we had For women fit. size yeah. fit and men, because I think it's just crap that you're like, oh, I'll just get the small, the men's small. And like men's shirts just don't fit. Like they're, well, they're so baggy. But they're on not me. supposed to. And I think yeah. that's why it's better. I, and I, I think it's hysterical that they always charge more for women's stuff. But yeah, that's so but, stupid. 
Yeah. So we'll make sure that we are all inclusive when it yes. comes to the, the 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 shirts and whatever or sweatshirts or whatever your ideas are. Yes, I'm very excited to yeah. develop those. All right. Cool. Um, but yeah, I think that was the last thing we had to say. Yeah. No. Let's get into it. And again, true crime for me. Yeah, I have, and uh, mine is more of an in between. Okay. Now let's hear it. All right. So mine is pretty recent. Um, I, I used, I didn't use that many sources cause, uh, I found one article that was like just really in depth. Cool. That was really good. And I'm not quite sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, but it's called, uh, Deseret News. Okay. Um, so they had like, t- they had two like main, like really in depth articles. And then I also, um, got some other details from the Washington post. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it. Okay. Um, so on September 2nd, 2018, uh, college senior Lauren McCluskey and her roommate Alex decided to go out and check out a new bar in Salt Lake City, Utah called the London Bell. So, no, nothing? Okay. Nothing. Uh, so this was the latest in a slew of nights out that Lauren had embarked on. She, um, since her senior year kind of started, she had been taking a lot more risks. Um, she was normally more like shy and reserved. Um Alex uh, recalled that, quote, she walked around campus with her head down so much that she often didn't see when Alex would wave at her and she would call, she'd have to call out Lauren's name to get her attention. Gotcha. So she was, she, before she had been pretty shy and quiet, but now senior year and she's sort of getting confidence. Okay. Um, so she started frequenting like karaoke nights uh, at the downtown bar uh, she actually did a routine at an open mic night, which she probably never would have done in like freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and she quote, spon- she was started um, spontaneously sharing stories about her life with friends and relatives. Okay. So a lot more open. Um, so that night, uh, Lauren and Alex dressed pretty casually, just like, you know, t-shirts or dresses, stuff like that. Uh, and they decided, you know what, we're just going to grab one drink, check it out and then leave. Okay. So, uh, at the door, they were greeted by a tall, muscular bouncer named Sean. Uh, Lauren found him pretty attractive, but she didn't really say anything um, as the girls entered the bar. I do know this you one. You do know this one? She track star? Yeah. I do know this one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the name was hitting... Okay, go. Yeah. So, um, so, it was pretty crowded, and they were trying to look for seats, and they couldn't really see anywhere. Um, but then Sean reappeared. Uh, seemingly out of nowhere, and led them to an open place to sit. Okay. Uh, so they were like, cool, great. Uh, and they started enjoying their night. You know, they had probably more than one drink. They were just chilling. Um, but as they were talking and laughing and everything, they noticed that Sean would periodically walk by them, like checking on them. Um, and Lauren could tell that, you know, he liked her and she liked him. Um, so Lauren decided to scribble her phone number down okay. on a napkin. Uh, and she told Alex that she'd give it to Sean if they saw him on the way out. Okay. Now, she'd never done this before. Um, it was bold and spontaneous. Uh, and Alex admired her newfound confidence. Yep. Uh, as the girls left, they did end up bumping into Sean. Uh, and Lauren gave him the napkin. And then the two girls ran off laughing and talking about the night's events. Okay. Um, so that night, Sean texted Lauren. Um, and the two after that just started talking frequently. Um, and eventually he asked her out on a date and Lauren accepted. Yep. 
uh, and I think he took her out to dinner. Um, and when she returned home, uh, Lauren called her mother excitedly. She was super happy from the date because Sean had given her roses. He, quote, brought her out to dinner with his work friends to show her off. He was just very gentlemanly yep. and sweet and kind. She was very happy. Yep. Uh, so he was originally from New York, uh, and he was telling her that he was working at a, as a bouncer to pay off his associate degree in computer science at a Salt Lake Community College. Okay. Uh, he was a bit older than Lauren at 28, uh, which raised a little bit of concern with Jill, um, and Lauren's 21. Yep. Um, and Jill is Lauren's mother. Um, but Lauren was happy, so Jill just didn't bring it up. She was like, whatever, I'm happy for you. Uh, so as Lauren and Sean's relationship continued, uh, Alex started to notice a couple concerning signs. Okay. Uh, first of all, Sean was spending almost every night in Lauren's room. And I think she had like an apartment at this point. I think it was off campus, but I'm not quite sure. Um, but she lived by herself or she, or Alex lived, no, Alex Alex was roommate. Alex was her roommate, but it was kind of unclear if they were. Like, if it was maybe, like, a suite or something. But, again, so she noticed, though. She could tell that she he's, could, in, she he's was there every night. And yeah. Then, okay. So I'm not exactly sure if the apartment is just, like, they're, they're saying it's an apartment, but it's a dorm, or, like, the apartment building is, like, on campus, or I don't know exactly gotcha. how that works. But, gotcha. But there's some privacy, some off, you know, off-room suite type thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So Alex was pretty suspicious. Uh. Quote, why was this very large man spending every single night in Lauren's twin bed in her oh, student apartment on campus? Okay. Um, it couldn't be comfortable. It didn't seem practical. Didn't he have his own place? Gotcha. Um, so all of this, we're not even like a week into the relationship. Holy. Yeah. So now, now we're about a week into the re- relationship. Uh, Lauren started mentioning things about Sean's behavior that were raising some red flags. Okay. She'd say things like, quote, he told me to wear jeans and a t-shirt or, quote, he told me I couldn't invite some, or I told me I could invite some friends to the bar. So, so he's now becoming the controlling yeah. mentally. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Lauren would panic when getting ready for a date with him, uh, afraid to make him angry by being late. Oh my God. Uh, this when, is like weeks, only a week? Only a week. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, when he texted her, she would rush to her phone to respond oh, so geez. he wouldn't get mad at her delayed text. This is like every parent's nightmare. Yeah, he is an absolute piece of trash. No, it, 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 it's the thing that you get so worried about because you... You're you, afraid to seek help. Well, it's not even that, but like, you know, and this is that aspect of when, when you're as a... I, I'm not... I'm saying this right. It's when when you're introverted, like mm-hmm. she wa- she was, and then all of a sudden you get this attention, right? It's it's like a breath of fresh air, right? right. So it's that insecurity. This is like that. I mean, you'll. It's like that's like one on one a part of where how how a predator identifies prey right. and then goes after because basically it's I sense an insecurity. I know how to manipulate that insecurity. And I do it to a point, and then there's that turn. Usually, though, it's not in a week. It yeah, usually he takes did it a pretty lot fast. Long. Yeah, and oh god, this is awful. Yeah. Okay. And um, 
also so she was originally from i think i said this later but she was originally from pullman uh washington Okay. And she's going to school at the University of Utah. Yep. So she's pretty far away. Like she's she's moderately well, she's, far away, yeah, like six hundred I mean, miles. Yeah. Um. And so, like that was a point. Like her mom was saying in an interview, like she was worried about her because she was like far away. But she was like, you know, I should give her some independence. And so she was kind of struggling with like that. Well, again, I think in college th- there is a that twenty eight year old aspect of it too. You you get a flag because it's not the age difference as much. It's partially it's some part of it well it is age because it's the experience right it's when you're coming out of college um right at, or even in college you're, you're in a different world right so but in two years later that age gap may not mean anything because right. you're a professionalist whatever but within you know these milestone changes there is a huge difference you're because, still pretty like adolescent well it's not even just adolescent is that you know i'm not saying he was working or anything like that and i know he was going to community college or whatever it was but you, you, your, your life experiences are different. It doesn't mean it can't happen. I'm not, I'm not saying it, but you, you can be concerned, and you just hope it's not this. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Well, unfortunately, that's not the end of it. Well, the, the I mean, again, I'm sorry to interrupt. Is that because <laughs> there is somebody that we we know some that we know somebody who went through this exact experience, oh, wow. but a lot old, and it's. I can't even, oh my God. Yeah, it's bad. Um, but when she was driving, when Lauren was driving, she would have Alex. Oh, well, sorry. When I say experience, <laughs> she's still alive. <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, so when Lauren was driving, she'd have Alex respond for her um, because she, like, she couldn't because she even. Was, she could, oh my God. It's like it the Pavlov's dog, right? It's the, the ding and, you know. You have to respond. And then you're afraid of <sighs> what would happen. Um. And so bad. during phone conversations, uh, Sean would aggressively ask where she was, what she was doing, who she was with, all of that kind of thing. I feel like this is the kind of horror that scares me the most because... It's real. Well, it's not just... It's just that you can... Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so soon he started uh, kind of trying to restrict Lauren from going out downtown. I'm getting angry. Yeah. Cause I, and I know everything about it. But I'm still angry. Yeah. Uh, so he was like chastising her for going out downtown or to friends' houses or to parties, saying that, you know, other men could be there. And God forbid. Uh, one night, her phone died while she was at a night class, um, and he became enraged, accusing her of cheating. Oh, my God. Uh, he bought her pepper spray and pressured her to buy a gun to, quote, protect her from the advances of other men. That's actually interesting, though, because I would not think... You would want to arm them? Right, because you, if you're in control... I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's I, mean, I, get out of, I don't know I enough don't about know. it, but I just feel that if you... Unless you're so confident that you're never going to be in harm's way, but doing something like that, you would think, could get used against you. Um, but all right. Yeah. Um, well, his excuse for all of this was that a previous girlfriend had cheated on him and that left him with trauma and trust issues. I mean, it could have. Yeah, I mean, but abs- that's extreme. Oh, it is. That's abusive. But you already have, yeah, there's some other underlying mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. And maybe he left and she left and cheated because he did the exact same thing to her. Yeah. If she even existed. Or true. Um, so Lauren relayed all of this to Alex um, oh, and alarm bells just rang in her head. Um, Lauren figured that Sean would just get over all of this once they dated for a little bit longer. 
Um, and Alex sort of hastily agreed, but she was she was worried, but she didn't really want to overstep. And she was, it was just like, you know, a hard scenario. Oh, it's a tough situation yeah. to be in. Yeah. Um, so about a month or so uh, after Lauren and Sean started dating, uh, Alex noticed that her friend just looked different. Um, so Lauren was a track star. She was super what? So uh, again, that then they didn't live together. I guess maybe no. not. Okay, maybe they I, were had I, like the same like in the yeah, same. Yeah, they were in the building. same apartment building, but they weren't in the same. Okay, fair enough. All right. And I, maybe they were roommates in the past or something. Right, right. I don't really know. No, it's fine. But anyway, so Lauren was a track star. Um, she had been doing track like all her life. Yeah. She was very active um, academically and with sports and like you know. Yeah. Um, she. Was, it was her outlet. Yeah, and she was. She loved track. Uh, she on her bedroom wall there were just like medals and trophies and like pictures of her at meets and just it was like her life yeah so yeah and she was really good yeah too. yeah um but now she looked exhausted quote she had lost weight her eyes were glassy and hollow she looked defeated a fragment of the confident bubbly woman she had been a less less than a month before but she was still fiercely lo- loyal to sean and was refusing to criticize him trying to figure out like how the coach because you know you have other adults mm-hmm. around you so it, it's a i mean i don't know if it was track season when this was going down but like well, it's track seasons all year how the coach didn't yeah, notice well, some changes speaking of adults um alex and like the next the next day alex and some friends uh approached the housing staff at the college uh, and they reported their concerns about Sean's control over Lauren, how often he stayed at her in her room, right. and how often he talked about guns. Oh, boy. Um, and they took note, but they yep. didn't really intervene or anything. They're just like... And we're still like a month in or something? Yeah, this is um, like October now, like very early October. Okay. So, um, and she met him early That's, September. Right, when school, yeah. Yeah. So when fall break came, this is like the first few days of October... Uh, Lauren returned to her home in Pullman, Washington. Right. Uh, so there she decided to research Sean online, probably having a little bit like a yeah, doubt. Yeah, space. And also he's not right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and she was probably curious, you know, just why not? Um, well, she found a lot more than she bargained for. Right. Like, first of all, his name was not Sean. Oh, geez. Uh, he was really a man named Melvin Rowland. And he was not 28. He was 37. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so not only had he lied about his name and age, but he also had a criminal record. Uh, he was a registered sex offender <gasps> who had been released from a 10-year sentence uh, shortly before meeting Lauren at oh that bar. Oh, my God. Uh, he had been sent back to prison twice after his initial 10-year release for um, parole violations. So, you know. Um, obviously she was freaked out by this. Um, and when she returned to campus, um, on October 9th, uh, she had initially been planning to like go to a wedding with, with Sean, who was actually Melvin that evening. Um, but she was having doubts, uh, obviously. Yeah. So she called Alex and asked for advice. Um, and so she's in her apartment. Um, and so she said that she wanted to break up with Melvin, but she didn't want to just send a text. Um, since he had borrowed her car while she was out of town and he still had it. Oh boy. And so she didn't want to like have to go through yeah, all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So Alex advised Lauren to not go to the wedding, 
and to uh, meet with Melvin in a public place to end things like a coffee shop or something. Right. But like somewhere public. Right. Um, but what Lauren didn't know was that Melvin was hiding beneath her ground floor window. You've got to be kidding. No. Uh, listening to her <gasps> conversation and watching her. Oh, my God. And I don't know if he caught everything um, because so she hung up. Um, and then he burst into her apartment without knocking. I think he might have come around. Um, and he started screaming at her for, quote, talking about their relationship with other people. Um, so Lauren confronted him about him lying about everything. Yeah. Um, and just broke up with him right then and there. Yeah. Uh, and he claimed that, quote, he was framed by a girl at a fraternity party, that she was 17 and he hadn't done anything wrong, even though, according to his plea, he had admitted to soliciting sex from a 13-year-old. Um, and he insisted that, quote, I only pled guilty because I had to. Uh, whatever. He, 37. 37. I mean, what did he say about that? Uh, I mean, I, I understand. I, I mean, he'll come up with a, a story about whatever the other thing. Everyone will. But, I mean, we're still talking age and name. So, yeah. did he legally change his name? No. Nope. Okay. Yeah. So, Lauren was not convinced, and she just told him to leave. But he refused. Uh, oh, no. And he stayed in her room that night. Um, and every time she tried to make him leave, he sexually assaulted her. Get out. No. It's true. So... When morning came and she had to go to class, he did actually leave. Um, and later that day, well, later that day, Lauren received a text from an unknown number. And it read, quote, why'd you break up with the big guy? He really loves you. Oh, my God. Give me a break. Then, soon after, she got another text from another number, quote, asking her about her car, telling her that he, meaning the owner of the number, supposedly a friend of Melvin's, would drop it by instead of Melvin because he couldn't stand to look at her. Oh, my God. Uh, the texts quickly escalated. Uh, one of them said, uh, go kill yourself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Lauren figured that Melvin was sending them all. Yeah. Uh, especially because all of them had this same like grammatical errors sure. that he would make. So she was like, yeah, it's him. So Lauren called her mother, Jill, uh, explaining what had happened and voicing her fears about getting her car back. Um, so then Jill called the campus dispatch saying she was very upset and worried, um, for her daughter and she requested an escort, uh, for Lauren to like get her car back. Right. Um, and so with the security of the escort, she did actually get her car back. Okay. So that worked out. Um, then two days later, uh, Lauren received more texts claiming that Melvin had died and it was her fault. Oh my God. Uh, one text said that he'd killed himself. And another claimed that he'd been in a car accident. Mm -hmm. um, but all of them said that uh, she needed to come to the funeral. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. So Lauren called the University of Utah police uh, reporting the suspicious messages. Um, uh, but she was told that, quote, without threats or anything criminal in nature, there was nothing that could be done. But she had a text that says, kill yourself. Yeah. That's not a threat? I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I guess that just, I don't know. Um, then the next day, October 13th, I, I, I'm at a loss here. He lied about his age. He's a sex offender. If he's a sex offender, he has to, he has to notify people that he's a sex offender. Yeah. So does that mean he did all those things? Cause if I'm the police, don't I say like, okay, you know, the moment there's a sex offender that's involved, you mm -hmm. would think that they would do something. Yeah, you would. 
Oh, come on. I mean, I know again how it ends, but oh my God. Yeah. So October 13th, Lauren gets another text. Uh, this time it was a photo. It was an explicit photo oh, that Melvin had taken of himself and Lauren. Uh, and he <gasps> Revenge porn? Yeah. Oh, come on. He threatened that unless she paid him $1,000, oh, he would leak the photo online. Oh, Jesus. Um, so in a panic, Lauren sent him the money. What? Because, I mean, she she had, like, in her mind, like, she was the track star. She was, like, no, I understand, had this reputation. It's like she a lot was, of money. Like, yeah. you just have that money? I, I guess. She oh, was okay. freaked out. And I mean, the last time she went to the police, like, they... Uh, for, I, I'm not blaming her. There's yeah. no... I, I just... I'm just, like... Wow. Yeah. So she sent him the money. Um, and then she called campus police. But he's not dead then. He's not. Yeah. There well, was no funeral. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. I mean, it's very so, clear at this point that that was not, that was a ruse. Oh, I remember reading this part about one of the police officers. Yeah. I sent it to uh, you. Um, but we'll get into that later. That's at the end. Uh, anyway. So, um, so she went to the campus police um, and brought Alex with her for support. Yep. Uh, and the officers that they met with, didn't take them to an interview room at any point, like to talk privately. Um, they didn't really seem concerned. Um, and this is all from like Alex saying, yeah, yeah. Um, they suggested that the text was a scam and that someone had hacked into Melvin's phone. Oh my God. Um, then officers looked Melvin up in the campus directory, um, which I think, I, I don't know. I don't understand how. Okay. Um, and they said that he seemed like, quote, a pretty good guy. <laughs> um, I, and what what actually had happened, though, they, they looked up the wrong person. Um, and it doesn't freaking matter. I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, they, they looked up someone who had the same name, who had... I'm not, like, saying as an excuse, I, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying... I'm not getting mad at you. I'm just getting mad. Yeah. Um, but they they found some random person who was actually a student, and they were like, "Yeah, they only stopped him for a traffic ticket, so like he's he seems fine." Um, so Lauren then showed the officers his mugshot, yeah, and told him all told them all about his criminal history in response, and they told her, "Okay, a detective will be in touch um, on Tuesday," um, and they still just sort of seemed kind of unconcerned. Um, so. Still worried, Lauren then reached out to the Salt Lake City Police Department. Okay. Um, and they directed her back to university police. You've got to be kidding. Saying that, quote, extortion was under the university police's dur- jurisdiction. But he's not a student. I know. I know. So that was uh, the 13th. So days pass. Lauren doesn't hear anything back. Um, on October 19th... Uh, a detective returned Lauren's call, um, but said that she wouldn't be back to work until October 23rd, uh, and to call back if she got any other messages from Melvin. Okay. Um, and by the way, October 19th was not Tuesday. It was like days after that. Okay. Uh, so on October 22nd, uh, Lauren got another mysterious text, this time from, quote, someone claiming to be the deputy chief of campus police, asking her to go to the police station. So Lauren called the police station, and she was told not to respond to the text. Uh, but the officer who took the call didn't take any action beyond that. Oh, jeez. Even though the texter was impersonating a police officer, and that is a crime. Oh, my God. Like, even if all of that other stuff didn't happen, that's still a crime. This is um, worse than a nightmare for... Oh, my God. Yeah. 
So Lauren uh, called Alex to tell her about it. And the two talked and Alex was like, did you go to the police? And Lauren was like, yeah, whatever. And they were like, okay, well, like, hopefully this will all be over soon. Um, so then Lauren hung up to go to class. Uh, at around 3 p.m. that day, Melvin snuck into Lauren's apartment. Oh, jeez. And then waited for her in the lobby. Um, and then hours later, at like 8.20 p.m., uh, Lauren was walking home while on the phone with Jill. Uh, she was in much brighter spirits. Uh, she'd aced a quiz that she had just gotten back. Uh, and she was heading home to finish up a big assignment for another class and turn it in early. And she just seemed like a lot happier. Yeah. Um, as Lauren was wrapping up the call, being like, bye, love you, all that kind of thing, uh, Jill heard a commotion. Oh, no. Uh, her daughter's voice changed as she started repeating the word no over and over. Panicking, Jill asked what was wrong, but before she could hear anything else, Lauren screamed and the line went dead. Oh, my God. Melvin had surprised Lauren in the parking lot. Uh, he grabbed her roughly causing her to drop her phone and her backpack before, quote, shoving her in the back seat of the car he had driven to campus and shooting her multiple times. Uh, leaving <coughs> the car where it was, Melvin then called a woman he'd met on a dating site and asked her to come pick him up. Oh, God. Uh, then the couple went to dinner uh, and then to her home where Melvin took a shower and then she dropped him off at a coffee shop. Uh-huh. Uh, meanwhile, back in Pullman, uh, Jill and her husband, Matt, were frantically trying to reach their daughter. Right. Uh, at first they thought that she'd been in a car accident. Um, and so they were like calling her name into the phone, trying to like call her again and like figure out what's going on. Um, but there was no answer and they realized that it must've been Melvin or one of his friends that must've grabbed her. Right. So Matt called 911 from his phone, leaving the other line open just in case like Lauren came to the phone. Um, and then five minutes later, uh, they heard a voice come over Lauren's line, but it was not their daughter. Uh, it was a medical student who'd observed, quote, Lauren's computer and backpack on the ground, but didn't see Lauren anywhere. Okay. Uh, at 9.55 p.m., uh, Lauren's track coach called Jill to tell her that the police had found Lauren's body in <gasps> the back seat of one of the cars in the parking lot. Oh, my God. Uh, Melvin was obviously the, the suspect. Right. Uh, and so police sent out his picture on the news. Uh, and then later that night, the woman that he'd been on a date with right. saw his photo on the TV right. and called police. Right. Um, and informing them about what she'd seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then Salt Lake City police like were searching the city for him. They found him shortly after midnight. Uh, and they followed him into a church. And as they entered... Get out. No. Melvin shot himself to death. Jeez. No. So, after Melvin's death, uh, a lot more of his past started to come to light. Uh, he was on parole at the time of the shooting. Yeah. Uh, and his parole agent had spoken to him on October 16th, not knowing that Lauren had reported him to her campus police several times. Oh, my God. Just like a few days earlier. Yeah. Oh. Uh, furthermore, Melvin had much more of a record than Lauren and her loved ones had thought quote, an attempted sexual assault of a teen girl in 2004, a 2012 parole parole hearing in which he admitted to raping the teen, I don't know if it was the same one, uh, and two other women, uh, a 2016 admission 
that he had threatened that, quote, if an agent were to come conduct a field visit, he might become violent. Uh, and then earlier this month, as in May 2020, uh, a new detail about the case came to light, which you already mentioned. Um, when Lauren received the blackmail photos from Melvin, she gave them to a campus police officer in hopes that they would help in stopping his harassment of her. Uh, the officer, Miguel Duras, uh, quote, bragged about not bragged about being able to look at the photos he had downloaded onto his personal cell phone. Uh, he also allegedly showed the photos to friends. If all these other people don't go to, I, I, like, lose their jobs or what? Yeah. Um, this should have never happened. Yeah. Never should have happened. They had so many opportunities. I, I, um, I mean, sex offender, yeah. why wouldn't you be contacting the parole officer just saying, like, is this, do you know? I, I, I don't understand that chain of command. Yeah. Um. The officer resigned from campus police, but then he was moved to the Logan City Police Department, um, and it's unclear what's going to happen to him from there. Um, one of the Utah state reps uh, has offered a bill in response that would ban police from loading private images onto their personal phones, which is great, <laughs> but I don't understand how that wasn't already a rule. But that's not even the issue. I, I get that part. Like, I, That's awful. All that stuff's awful. What about chain of command what are you supposed to do who do you contact it i mean it's just a call i get i know you're busy whatever but i mean I, oh my god yeah um also the bill would prohibit sharing the photos with anyone not involved in the uh, that, investigation. and yes that should happen i i i'm uh, oh my god yeah. um jill and matt mccluskey have follow, filed a lawsuit from the injustice with lauren's case uh, against the University of Utah for failing to protect their daughter, um, and the but, state, and the and I assume Salt Lake as well. I don't well. know if they. Ha I think they, they have, have to because they. Oh my god! I know, I know. Um, so the two parties are currently like in talks to like mediate the situation. Yeah, they're going to settle. It'll 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 settle. But it. Yeah. it oh my god! Uh, according to the McCluskeys, officials quote failed to protect Lauren after she and her friends repeatedly sought help, violating her right to the gender to gender equality under Utah's constitution. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I understand the legalese. It's just, yeah. you just do, I mean, that's the whole point. Like, I mean, you, oh, I'm, I don't even know how I'm going to do my story now because I'm so angry. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's really upsetting, but that is the case of Lauren McCluskey. And hopefully that guy is going to get fired and prosecuted. And I, oh. this is, like I said, it is a nightmare. It's it is just, upsetting. it is every parent's worst nightmare. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, yeah. I'm going to need to, yeah. Yeah. Before I start. Okay. Well, again, it, that's a great story. I mean, it, it's, I, mean, I shouldn't say great story. Well told. I'm so angry. Yeah. All righty, then. Okay. Still not. Still angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, seriously, that's definitely, I'm still like haunted by it. Yeah. Um, now let's distract ourselves. Yeah. Right. All right. So uh, hopefully this is more lighthearted. Um, 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start with it. It's an in between. I was saying that before, um, and that uh, it it takes place a long time ago. So there's some paranormal to it. I mean, I assume there's some truth to it, and then there's a whole bunch of other backstory information to it and everything like that. Okay. So in Cape Cod, you, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised to find maritime museums. Like there's got to be, yeah. I mean, I know there's more than one, but all ty- all types and pretty much, you know, in the down, going further even the province down, things like that. Um, but ever since ships had sailed the seas, there was a greater than average risk of some kind of misfortune, especially, I mean, we're talking centuries ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, so... The main reason was that the oceans hadn't been charted, right? There are just no maps or things like that. So a lot of it was just exploring. Or, you know, there were some, you know, passages that you could try to make, but it wasn't a science, right? GPS, this, that, whatever you were doing for maps and things like that. But uh, the the sad part would be that you could easily be lost at sea and then die of dehydration, you know, starvation, whatever it may be. But yeah. that And that was part of the job. Now... Dying in that way did not work most for probably, you know, the male idiom at the time, I guess to say, you know, like, you know, God forbid that that's how it happened. Just, oh, I made a wrong turn or I misread something and, you know, I didn't ask for directions. And uh, God forbid a man do something incorrect. So it, it, there had to be other reasons why, right? Mm -hmm. And then there was this fear, right? that make limited imagination run wild and rationalize whatever could be. So myths were created and mostly to heal their bruised egos, I would assume. (laughs) But now the seas were full of serpents, monsters, triangles of doom, you know, sirens. It was everyone else's fault that caused people to die, that kind of thing. Right. And, you know, it's mainly human error, but there were natural risks, right? Mother nature still existed so Mm -hmm. storms probably were the majority of misfortune if you weren't an idiot i guess in some (laughs) way so hurricanes typhoons you know were not at the time predicted like you couldn't say it was coming up the coast or whatever it may be right so mariners had to hopefully use superstition or whatever it is now the other thing that could happen are rogue waves that still happen today but all these things are there but there was another myth or legend to all these things and this was one that walked on two legs caused fear for the most novice sailor or the most experienced naval captain nothing not yet pirates oh (laughs) i love pirates so books and films have only strengthened this myth right and i know you have some fun facts i didn't write this but there are a lot of facts about well I guess about pirates? lies about pirates that the myths oh. that, that pirates that, what, are great, man. I that, fully support pirates. So this story has a little bit of everything: lost love, pirates, storms, treasure, and the paranormal. Yes. This is the tale of the ship called the Wida Galley. Wida. W h i w h y d a h Galley. Its captain, Black Bellamy, Ooh. and his lost or estranged love. A rumored witch. <gasps> this okay. is the perfect setup. <laughs> so my sources are Vintage News that has a lot about just maritime disasters. Oh, lovely. Uh, Wikipedia to learn more about the actual ship. And then there was a blog um, 
that was, I think, a maritime museum at the HMNS.org that had a story specifically about um, the Witta uh, galley. And you'll you'll get more. There's there's stories in National Geographic. There was actually a a National Geographic Mm. Explorer live show about it as well. I didn't watch the whole thing, but we'll talk a little bit more about that too. So, the story. Yes. Samuel Bellamy was born in England in 1689. And his mother died shortly after his birth. I mean, I think like weeks or something. He was the youngest of six children. And at an early age, he just had a love of the sea. Um, He joined the Royal Navy, I believe, as a teen or as soon as you could. Okay. And he was, he fought many battles and was good at, at his I don't think he he was I like you know, combat or well I mean I guess he was a very good deckhand he could, he could ah. he knew his way around the ship it wasn't as if he was a captain or anything like that he mm-hmm. was just basically you know helpful help yeah <laughs> it, around 1715 he decided to try his luck in the new world and decided to visit family that already moved, had you know come over and was living on the Cape 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 Cod that is mm-hmm. almost. Immediately from stepping off the boat, he was smitten by one Goody Harrit. Okay. Later known as the Witch of Wellfleet. I feel like there are a lot of like rumored witches that have like good somewhere in yeah. their name. Now, I, I was reading somewhere else. Somebody actually wrote a book about this in the 30s, uh, 1930s. <laughs> uh, and her name went from Goody to being called Mary Harrit or Mariah Harrit. But there's no, there's no record of that in just in the, the town when it was like, I think they kept all the records. So there is, it was, but there's a goodie. I don't know. I, I That's just such that. a weird shift. And, and maybe, the, maybe the author just used that as a way to give it another name. I don't, I don't know. Um, now, it was believed that she may have been married at the time or she was engaged at the time. But she was, I mean, there was other stories saying that she was this beautiful blonde um, uh, uh, woman in her late teens or really early 20s. Then huh. there was other one like, oh, she was this old woman, blah, 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 which oh, okay. I don't understand. I don't think it really makes sense to the story. So I assume she was a young blonde, you know. Siren. Woman. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Samuel, of course, wanted to court her and her family didn't really take to him as being a sailor and how would he provide and again i guess sailors were just considered you know idiots i don't know what you want to say but um they didn't dislike him they just were like he's not good stock so i think they were kind of well off as a family but mm-hmm. you know not not crazy um happy with you know common folk in that sense yeah so um they forbade goody from even hanging out with him that's know, so at all. rude. And, of course, that didn't help because you know, that's just going to make her want to do it. Yeah. And they they did have a fear that she would basically, like, leave or elope or do something with him. So it was definitely trying to lock them down. Yeah. Also, if she was actually an old hag, this would make no sense. Exactly. How that's does why, someone's I family... I think because when they start using the word witch, they have to make it seem something else. Yeah. Now, this didn't stop them from carrying on an affair, right? So... He knew that there was no way he was going to win over the family as a sailor. Right. So he had to figure out a second 
plan or something else piracy like that. <laughs> no it wasn't actually no um that's so, i mean that's just that's it for like that's top of the line best career well at the time um there were a bunch of spanish galleons that had sunk off the coast of what is now florida it wasn't florida at the time but they were rumored to be full of gold and treasure so he somehow convinced well, first he decided, well, this is the way I'm going to make money is that we're going to basically find these treasures and raid this, these ships and that will make me rich. But he he convinced Goody like this was what I should do. She was Our not. Honeymoon. Well, she was. This sounds risky. I don't think you should be leaving. And I don't I don't understand this kind of thing. Um, but he convinced some lawyer in town to help finance him getting a ship. Wow. Sailing. The lawyer joined him. And it was a pretty, um, you know, affluent person. So I guess, but they knew he he could sail. So I think that was the main selling point was that we have a person who can navigate the ocean. Um, so yeah, why not? Let's try. I mean, there's there's gold down there. So they are working this thing out. It's taken some time to do that. So this is 1715 kind of thing. Uh, and Goody, again, is, no, this is too risky. Please don't leave. But um, Samuel was like, yeah, you know, I, there's no way I can, we'll be together. I have to, I need I, the dowry. I don't know what it has to be. But, cinematic. But um, so I'll leave and I'll come back for you. Okay. Okay. Now, there is a debate because we're not sure if Samuel knew at the time that Goody was pregnant with his child. <gasps> but if he did, it didn't stop him from leaving. Oh. So... He leaves in 1716. Um, I think she is, or she just didn't know either, but he leaves and, mm-hmm. you know, he's off. So Samuel realizes pretty quickly that treasure hunting for sunken ships was something that he pretty much sucked at. Yep. All right. And I don't know what the lawyer thought since he's financed all these things, but <laughs> it's not working. And by that summer, he's now resorting to the life of piracy. Not oh. on his own, but by joining the crew of this pirate named Benjamin Hornigold. And the lawyer's just like going along for the ride? I think the crew, I, I, I don't know if they didn't have money, food, or like they couldn't survive. But huh. basically what ends up happening is, and this is one of these things that you don't, that I didn't know about. But basically, you have a ship, there's a pirate. Hey, come join my crew. Bring your ship with me, you. And, you know, now you're part. And we'll, we're going to share the spoils of whatever we, we get. So they're like, sure, all right, whatever, you have money, let's do it. So by that summer, uh, later into that summer, um, Samuel is like a star. Like basically he can, you know, he's a, he's incredible on the seas. And his, you know, the naval skills, the captain Hornigold is like, okay, well, look, you should run the ship then, the, you know, the one you have. And I think then he gets promoted to another ship and he gets a bigger ship and that kind of thing. So he's... He's doing well, and the crew love him as well, like all different types of the crew and things like that. If you hear all that beeping, Steph's lunch. She's come up from come down from the office so she can actually eat some food and then have to be sequestered back up there. So, hmm. um, so we're not going to get any good uh, uh, side comments because she's not here to hear the story. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so like I said, you know, the crew loves him, right? So uh, things are going well. The, 
the Horn of Gold's doing his thing, but now the the crew is not psyched with Horn of Gold. <gasps> and the reason they're not psyched with Horn of Gold is because he refuses to raid English ships. Hmm. And I assume at the time the English had probably more goods and things than right. others. So because they're um, colonizers. Yeah. So he's now losing his crew's confidence because And loyalty. Yeah. And I don't get I don't know if they're starving or whatever is happening. So at some point there's a mutiny. And they it's not like they kill the guy, like you read in books stuff like that. They're like, Look, dude, this is not working. Here's a ship. You're fired. Yeah. And go on your way. You know, we're not just any crew that doesn't wanna that is loyal, go. Fine. We're fine. And they then vote Samuel, the <laughs> new captain. Democracy. Yeah, no, no. There's, there's I more. I'll, I'll explain a lot more about this. So, um, like I said, Samuel had already won their 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 confidence mm-hmm. in in being able to to sail and navigate things like that. But the other part was he was very fair to everyone. Right. You know, his whole point was. Yeah, we get these spoils. We're going to split it evenly. We're going to do all these things. And he came up with this thing of saying, "Look, we'll keep the. We're going to keep the treasure or whatever we capture on a certain amount of ships, so that we can deal with it. But you know, we're not going to put it to all. This is how we work. We all go together, and everybody gets what they want. That kind of thing. So, right. what he ended up doing was going after, or when he captured a ship." He always let, had the ability with the crew to say, like, look, you're, we're not here to hurt you. Just bad luck. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Do what you want. But he was also very much cons- called a Robin Hood of, of pirates because if he saw that they were destitute or whatever it is, he, or if he found other ships or wherever he was, he would give them goods. That's so because, sweet. Because, you know if they didn't have the value, he's like, look, if you can't survive, we're going to help you because he was in a similar situation. And even his men started to call themselves the merry men. (laughs) Okay. So he's a decent pirate, right? Yeah. Um, Now he was also extremely progressive (laughs) as a pirate. He would target slave ships, (gasps) merchant ships to free that free slaves. Yes. And what would end up happening was as he captured ships or whatever, you know, crews, crews heard of his name and would want to join him. <gasps> so, and again, it wasn't like he they came on the one ship. They would like, all right, we'll take that ship. If you want to stay we'll on, help you, out. you can be on the crew. So he's now expanding this empire of, of, his, of his own, right? Right. Now, the other thing was a lot of the pirates at the time, I didn't know there were that many English pirates, but there were. They all wore wigs, uh-huh. right? Like, you know, the whole powdered wig kind yeah. of thing. Not not Samuel. Samuel instead was one of the first to basically tie his hair back into a ponytail. Oh, my God. Wigless, right? Wigless. Yeah. And he was known as Black Bellamy due to his jet black hair. Yeah. Plus, he would also wear all black and was considered one of the most finely dressed oh pirates. My God. But again, he wasn't this elitist guy. He was just a man of the people. That the is sense, amazing. Okay? So he spent about eight months now attacking from, I think, the Carolinas down to Florida, going back, capturing ships, this and that, and everything else. Mm. And he would choose which ships, like I said, but again, he, was, he would target the, the, the merchant ships and things like that. 
So at one point, he runs into the Witta Galley. It's okay. a slave and merchant ship, and it was the pride of the English fleet. It actually had just been built in 1715, and it was huge, beautiful, and everything that, you know, I guess you'd want in a ship. Right. Um, so he raids it. They come on board, and he basically allows the existing English captain and crew to say, look, seek safe passage. I'm taking this ship, though, <laughs> and I'll tell you what. Here, take one of my old ones. You can have it. I'm going to even pay you for this ship to give you some money for that, which was at the time, um, I can't remember how much he did, but it was it was like 20 whatever shillings, which is like $1,300 wow. in today's um, dollars. But here, go ahead, go on your way, you know, freeze all the slaves. And of course, the majority of them decide to stay. So he goes on to this one, but this boat is so big that he's like, okay, look, Let's take all the gold and everything. We're going to store it here because it was new, solid, whatever. So all of the treasure goes into now the Widow Gal. Right? But, you know, he's still going back and forth up in there. In the spring of 1717, he's like, okay, you know what? I got to get back home. Like, I'm I'm doing well. And it's time for me to go find Goody or go see Goody. So now his reputation of being a pirate has preceded himself, yeah. right? And she now is hearing, I don't know how, but that he's on his way back. So she can't wait. And she's pregnant, showing, right? It's almost been nine months now since he he had left. Wow, he got success really fast. Yeah, well, um, again, I don't know if this is to the story of mm-hmm. how they did it, because others were saying like he was there for a couple of years, but the way this story said it was that, you know, he had 1715, 1716, 1717. Wow. But... Um, so the ship, not all the ships were returning. So he basically brought the Widda, and then I think there were three other ships that joined him on the trek back. And I mean, mainly probably to protect himself from mm-hmm. other pirates. And then the rest of the ships were staying and still doing their looting and everything else. Um, it is said that he was within eyesight of the shore. Oh, no. And even Goody could see the the fleet, like the five, mm-hmm. four to five ships or whatever it was that were there. Now, again, there was a minimum there. At the time, he had now amassed a, sh- a fleet of 53 ships. That's wow. how That's how big his range was, right? Now, they're getting there close, mm-hmm. and then the weather just turns. <gasps> and at first, it's... It, the widow is seeing that he's close, or I shouldn't say, but I mean, Black Bellamy sees that he's close, so he's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm close enough. I'm getting to, to, uh, to the Cape." The other ships are like, oh, "No, no, no!" So they all veer off because they're not, they don't believe that they can deal with the storm. So oh, no. the storm starts hitting the coast, and the widow takes it like head on to the point where one of their, I don't, I thought they had it had four masts, but one of the main masts breaks. Oh. Now it doesn't it doesn't um, incapacitate in, um, incapacitate yes still want this to be a raw That's lie. we're going raw I'm not ending um, incap I can't even say the word incapacitated incap yep can't say it <laughs> okay every time you have to say it I'll just say it That's for you. fine so anyway the ship's incapacitated <laughs> the ship's is not it's not though. oh it's not incapacitated <laughs> exactly. it's just incapacitated. Um, <laughs> So, um, <laughs> it, it, it's taken, it, it's kind of off course, but it's, it's holding fast, right? Mm-hmm. 
still trying to get to to land and the winds and the seas do start to calm down but they're still rough right so bellamy's like okay we're good when all of a sudden the real storm hits no uh, a nor'easter the sky turns dark fog is rolling in that kind of no, thing this is so cinematic and he loses his bearings like he can't see the land this that or wherever because there's nothing there's no sky to point from anything like that and as this is go- happening the widda actually then hits a sandbar in only 15 feet of water not too far off from land no and it kind of it hits um front but turns so now the waves are crashing against the broadside of of the of the ship it breaks the other masts so they fall apart and wave after wave to the point where the ship then capsizes <gasps> and 144 people fall to the ocean floor no All right the storm continues and the ship then breaks apart and basically, there's large sections of the ship that just get strewn over a four mile oh um, because of the current and everything else. Uh, and it's not right on shore, but again, you can see it, right? So the storm lasts, I think it was all in 48 hours, roughly. Um, and in that time, Goody has given birth. Okay. So with no father, she's, of course, accused of being a witch and the son. What? And the son is that of the devil. And here's why they believe it was. is because the local governor of the town and other famous families. Um, also, she brought shame to her family because she was pregnant. Um, out, out of wedlock. wedlock. Uh, were, they believed that they were jealous because they heard of Black Bellamy, knew it was mm-hmm. her suitor. And they were kind of afraid because, again, oh you my know, that kind of thing. God. Now, she learns of the shipwreck after everything has happened. And she also gets banished from the town. Uh, okay. And then so, she becomes a pirate, right? <laughs> so now without a home, she's basically living in barns, like going from barn to barn mm-hmm. to just kind of deal with it. And at one point, you know, at night, she would leave her newborn there and then she would forage for food. One night she returns and her son has died from choking on the straw. No! So she's now like a shipwreck child this that she's not in a decent state right like the shock the trauma everything else so she now starts walking every day to the point that sees everything and to wait for bellamy to return okay <gasps> now it takes some time before they realize that the people or whoever that she doesn't have a baby with her anymore right. and then they start searching and they find the baby and she gets arrested what for two more things murder of a child and for breaking her banishment Okay. But they, they. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. So she gets sentenced to jail. Right. And she's released shortly thereafter. And again, I don't know why she was, but she is. But even though she's released, she kept going to the point waiting for Bellamy, mm-hmm. right? Believing he's still alive. So During all this time, right? Um, the governor actually had you know, sent his, I don't know who, but his people Mm -hmm. to go raid the ship because he knew of the stories of the gold and this and that and everything else. But but they said, there's one piece here that we can get to. It's only 15 feet of water, but that's just a piece. The rest of the ship is gone. Like we can't, and we believe there's some, I mean, they saw remnants and things like that. Um, But anyway, they get nothing, right? 
So Goody's going to the the point, everything, you know, trying to find him and everything like that. Um, and at some point, she she's she dies of a broken heart. I mean, he's not there. He doesn't come back. Right. A year after her death, it's reported that you would hear sounds oh. now of a baby crying <gasps> in a barn. Then you would start to hear the wails of a woman in the barn and then along the path to like the point. Like she's walking to the point. Okay. Also, as time passed, then the jailhouse that she was uh, arrested in started to have strange occurrences. Oh, boy. The cells at the time that this is the oldest jailhouse in the Cape and maybe in the, in the country. Wow. Um, cells that face the sea so i guess the way i pictured it was they were you know stone or brick with like one of those little (laughs) like a tiny little hole at the top any of those cells that face the sea that you could see the sea all of a sudden objects would be moved towards it as if something was trying to step on it to look out look out the window oh then it became only on the anniversary of the ship wreck what you'd uh is when most paranormal activity would peak right right so people started to keep their lights on around that time to help guide the wailing oh woman to the point. And then also people would start to put blankets and food in <gasps> barns to help the, the starving char- child. Oh that my kind God, of thing. that's so, so cute. Then there was a completely different report that happened. And I can't tell if this is, there wasn't a date. So I don't know if this happened after she died like right after she died or this is happening now right. or whatever. Um, actually, no, I take it back. It had happened after she died. So then there was this report of a man with jet black hair who would re- was reported to visit the local tavern and the cemetery for nights at a time around the Ooh. shipwreck. Okay, He wouldn't speak to anyone and he always seemed anxious as he was waiting for someone. If anyone approached him, he would look right through you and it would cause that onlooker to have feel ill or nauseous and things like that. And this continued on for three years, not three continuous, but over three years at at the time of the Mm -hmm. shipwreck. Then it was said that somebody saw him under a tree, and that was the last time they had ever seen him under this apple tree. The tree is where Bellamy met Goody, (gasps) and the tavern is where they spent most of their, you know, affair. Oh, my God. In 1984 the wreckage was found. And it is the only pirate's treasure to ever have been found in <gasps> history. During the expedition, though, it was said that when they were hovering around one of the areas of the ship, a tech that was working the radio and, I don't know, whatever, all of a sudden heard, we want your ship. <gasps> we want your ship. Oh, my God. When the ship had capsized... 103 bodies actually had washed ashore. Whoa. Right? And they buried them all. 41, again, were unaccounted for. And Bellamy was was believed to be one of the 41. Wow. In 2018, remains were found near the shipwreck. And next to that, well, next to those remains were mm-hmm. two dueling pistols, which was basically his, his thing. Like, he oh always had two pistols. So they believe they finally found Bellamy. Um, now, in the end... It was believed Black Bellamy had the largest pirate prize ever captured. And the treasure in its hold, in the, in the Widda, was roughly four and a half to five tons. 
It included huge quantities of indigo, ivory, gold, and 20 to 30,000 pounds of sterling, divided in 180 sacks of 50 pounds each. Oh, my God. The value of that fortune in today's money? $120 million. Wow. But in the end, it is a Shakespearean tragedy. It's so sad. Or a Princess Bride story. Yeah. Love led him to seek his fortune. Returning to that love caused both their deaths. Oh, my God. And that's the story of Black Bellamy, Wittagalli, and the Witch of Wellfleet. I did fill in some stuff because, yeah, <laughs> they're there, but that, that's there. That is amazing. Yeah. I so. love that so much. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, there's there's a bunch of stories. And that was so cinematic. Like oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> but, uh, um, but there's, yeah, there's a whole, actually, interesting enough, they that treasure was brought to was it the museum of science at one point really i don't know was there like a pirates thing at the museum of science oh, probably they they had stuff oh. from the the, the um, treasure and the guy who found the um the ship uh he when he was really young his his, his uncle would tell him stories about black bellamy oh, that's so, so cool. he always wanted to do it so he started looking and he's the one that found it um so there's that national geographic explorer live where he does a whole presentation about it that's so cool i wish i could i think i want to say his name is barry crawford or something like that but yeah but yeah it was a cool story it was one of the ones i was looking at and i was and like it's oh. not a movie yet I could be. And I would think that a lot of characters were maybe based on... Well, actually, I can't say that because Princess Bride wasn't... Well, it was written... Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Because I, all I think is, you know, the Dread Pirate Roberts. It's so... Pr- I was yeah, about to say. And, you know, and then even like, you know, Wesley in the sense that he leaves because of his love and all that yeah. other stuff. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That but, was so well done. And she is blonde, too. So, I don't know. All right. Ooh. Well, anyway. So, there you go. Let's hear the fun facts. Wow. All right. I have some fun facts from uh, Good Housekeeping. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. I, I think I just looked up, like, fun facts, and then Fair it came enough. up. Um, so, number one is the hashtag symbol is technically called an octothorpe. Hmm. And uh, the reason why is because, well, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, uh, the octo prefix uh, refers to the eight points on the symbol, um, okay. but the thorpe part remains a mystery. Uh, one theory claims that it comes from the old English word for village based on the idea that the symbol looks like a village surrounded by eight fields. Okay. So, I yeah. But it's, is it eight fields? Really? Well, yeah, because it's like, it looks like a tic-tac-toe board. Right. So in the middle is the village and then around it is the fields. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So that's fun. Um, number two, some cats are allergic to people, uh, <laughs> uh, which is it's pretty uncommon um, because we bathe ourselves more often than other species and we don't shed as much hair or dead skin, but it does happen. But now we'll know because everybody in quarantine is doing none of those things. So yeah, cats true. are probably like sneezing everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then lastly, M&M stands for Mars and Murray, which I didn't know it stood for anything. Yeah, no, I thought. Um, Forrest Mars, son of the Mars Company founder, yep. uh, first spotted the British confection Smarties during the Spanish Civil War and noticed the candy shell prevented the chocolate from melting. He teamed up with Bruce Murray, son of Hershey's Chocolates president, 
I don't know why I put so many S's there when they did not need to be. Uh, And the company later trademarked the melts in your mouth, not in your hand slogan. Ah. So. That's interesting. M&M's. Oh, there you go. Yeah, cool. Um, Yeah, so that is the fun facts. I know you had a couple of things about pirates, Well, yeah, like there was no walking the plank and... Um, they were very inclusive. Mm-hmm. I think we we're saying that but we were talking about this in between, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, most of them, we, I mean, we talked about the slaves, but there were uh, indigenous folk you know, on a lot of these uh, as part of their crew. They were very democratic. There was a code. There mm-hmm. was, I mean, it was, it was a society that wasn't this, you know, we're pillaging for all these reasons. I mean, again, they, they were did, pillaging, they but did they... rob. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. They were built. But I mean, um, is it really a crime if you're robbing, you know, colonizers? Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I mean, like again, <laughs> they were, they were criminals in the sense that they were taking other people's property. But you're right. There's you. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they they. I mean, I mean, every there's always the bad seed in some groups, but generally they were. They they were folks of honor, and again, like you said, there were many women pirates, um, yes. and as and men, and then um, and then there, but there was like even an age cutoff kind of thing where you know they they really worried about like you, just because if you were a kid and you were trying to get away, you you're not coming on to these types of things. So it wasn't this crazy, you know, we're out to just maim, kill, and and move on. It was it was a society in a way. So. Yeah. Yeah. We should watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, we were talking about that when we were up. At, yeah. yeah. I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing the first one again. Yeah. I don't remember them very well because I oh, was good. very young. Well, it'll be fun then. You'll yeah. have fun. You'll enjoy it. It's a, it's a good adventure. Yeah. Um, I remember going to, to Disneyland and <laughs> going on the, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and that yeah. was really fun. And I got my glow-in-the-dark Tinkerbell and thingy and bobber. Anyway, so moving on. <laughs> um, so if you'd like to send in your own fun facts... Uh, or if you have story suggestions or your own stories that you've experienced that you want to send in to us, uh, submit them to our email, which is everythinginpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also submit those to our website, which is everythingpodcast.weebly.com. Lots of fun stuff there. Um, So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And also, if if you're interested in that table read that we were talking about in the beginning, I don't know, hit us up. Uh, um, yeah, I got a feeling that, yeah, it, it, I mean, can't guarantee it's just a matter of if we need some more folks. So. Right. Well, you'll know. You, I think you have your list already. So Yeah. But yeah. We'll just, just hit us up. Sure. Um, so we're also on social media. Our Instagram is at everything in podcast. Our Twitter is at between underscore podcast. And we have a Facebook group and page, both by the name of everything in between a podcast. Uh, that's where we post new stuff, new episodes, are you looking to see? No, no. Oh, I thought you no, were it's good. like it's all good. ready yeah. to. I, I'm, I'm trying to think about what I'm going to do for the images right now for the oh. <laughs> thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to. So it's going to be fun. So yeah, check that out. Um, and if you're listening on a platform that allows you to do so, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's very helpful and, uh, you know, gets us out there a little bit. Uh, and then lastly, we pick songs to represent uh, each of our stories uh, for the title of our episodes. Uh, and you can see those songs compiled on a playlist on Spotify called The Soundtrack In Between. So check it out. Give it a listen. It's a good mix of songs. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. So until next week. So I'm just going to be uploading this as is. So, you know, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.